Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So I think there's a couple of aspects of our modern world that cause us to misunderstand the chief direction that Jesus is pointing us in with the Great Commission. Chiefly, too, when we hear nations, we right away think nation states, right? The U.S., Canada, England, China. And to get to those places, we usually think of airplanes, right? You get on an airplane and go to this other country. So if you're like me, when you hear this verse in the Great Commission, when we take into account kind of those connotations, it sort of sounds like get on an airplane and move to Iran and go tell people there about Jesus. Now, just to be clear, God certainly does call some people to foreign missions. Thanks be to him. And perhaps, perhaps he's calling you to overseas missions. That might be, right? But the call to overseas missions is a subspecies. It's a specific application of the general meaning of the Great Commission, which is given to all of us as Christians. So that's what I want to get into, the general meaning. So if we take away kind of these modern things which the nation states and the airplanes from the picture to sort of hear the, this message as Jesus would have delivered it. Um, in the first place, there weren't nation states, there were just people groups kind of living in under different empires. And of course, there weren't airplanes. When you traveled in Jesus's time, you had to go through your world. You could never kind of go up into the ether and fly somewhere and drop down somewhere else and miss all the place in between. Right? You had to go through that place. And that's kind of fundamentally, if there was sort of one paradigm thing I'd love to convey in this sermon, it's just that difference that when we think of missions, to not think about, I'm going to go up and then drop down and do some missions, but to beginning where you are in the actual life that you actually have, and to go through your world to do mission work. I'm sure you've heard sermons but on this before, but the word translated nations here is ethne, and it's usually translated peoples, or people groups, or Gentiles, um, it connotes just different kinds of people, not necessarily different countries. So um, if I could offer a paraphrase on the Great Commission, uh, taking into mind like these different connotations, I think it's something like this. Jesus is saying, don't keep your knowledge of what it's like to know him, to know Jesus, to yourself. Right? Go tell other people. And it's interesting because if Jesus hadn't said this, we might think that these disciples had had this transformative encounter with Jesus for a couple years. Right? They're like, wow, this was just great. I'm just going to live my life now knowing the risen Jesus. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Go take that thing that you've experienced with me and go tell other people because it's available to all people. And not just, um, to your, just to your friends or the kind of people that you might be inclined to share it with, but to all people. That's the idea that um, all kinds of people, every race and nation, go tell what you know. And those who listen and who repent, baptize them and train them in the way of being a Christian. To make that, that, that must sort of means to be discipled. So to be clear, the Great Commission, it is a call to do missions, but it's a call for us right here. We, we usually think about sort of missions going out into the world as if the world is sort of over there somewhere, but that's a sort of strange exceptionalism. Like, Lee County, Alabama is part of the world that God wants to have come into more fully into his kingdom. So just to put some numbers on that, 77% uh, of Alabamians um, profess that 
Christianity, which means 23% um, profess to not having any eternal hope in this life or the next. And they might say they disbelieve it, but and maybe have some other thing that they adhere to, but they don't actually have real hope. That's not an insignificant number. And then of all the prof- those who profess to Christianity in Alabama, about half almost never cross the threshold of a church, which isn't a sure sign that they don't m- believe what they say they do. There are Christians who, who don't ever go to church and do believe earnestly, but it's often a telling indicator, right? Like if you really believe these things and the church really is his body and we really do need to hear the word and not give up gathering together as the Bible says, earnest Christians you usually come to church. It's usually a signal. So what that means is there's a lot of people in, in Lee County, part of the world, whom God has commissioned us to go share the gospel with. And whereas if you get called to overseas missions to somewhere in Asia, you have to do a couple years of language training and cross-cultural training, you already know the language. Um, I don't know the culture yet. I'm still learning. But you know the culture. You you don't need cross-cultural training. You're fully equipped for mission work right here. I'm, I'm belaboring this point because I think sometimes the Great Commission is wielded in this way that Like, if you're not doing overseas missions, you're like a B-side Christian. And that's just not true. We're all on mission. The point of the Great Commission is that we would redefine to ourselves, that we would sort of adopt a paradigm for our daily life that is mission-minded. Recognizing um, how many aspects in our daily lives could be pregnant with missionary possibility. So whether it's the conversations with your neighbors as you're getting the mail or taking out the trash can or um, the kids you sit next to in school, the interaction at the grocery store with that old acquaintance, that strange fellow who talks to you whenever you go about the different places of your daily rounds. Um, If you have young kids, your kids, right? That's actually, your children are your nearest neighbors that you're called to share the gospel with. So all of these just ordinary things could just be ordinary things. But with Christ and recognizing kind of this lens that he gives us that we're called to go out and take the gospel, they can be more than just ordinary interactions. They can be um, exciting missional moments. I think, um, of course, I only know about this from movies. I guess we all do. Um, but uh, I think about sort of the paradigm of like a spy in the Cold War era. Right? Sort of ingratiating themselves as if they're just kind of one of the suburban crowd, but really they are on a mission right, to get data for political intrigue or whatnot. Um, of course, the great difference between a spy and a Christian is a spy is trying to take information. A Christian is trying to give information. It's a gift. But that, that idea of sort of refocusing all of your regular life with a kind of single-minded purpose, I think you know, if a spy can do that for worldly ends, and how much more as Christians... Should we kind of think like that for these eternal ends? It's uh, helpful to remind ourselves, too, that um, every human being on this planet was knit together in their mother's womb by Jesus. Right? It says that in Colossians all, and, and in the Gospel of John. All things were made through him. Right? He, through the word, all things came into existence. So all humans will only find their true purpose and satisfaction in, in God, the one who made them. And the only way to God is by receiving the atoning blood of Jesus. Right? It's the only way to be reconciled to God. 
So whether or not every whether or not they they know it or not, every human being, and let's just talk about Lee County. Every human being in Lee County actually needs the gospel. They actually need something that we are equipped to give them. And it, it's strange that God did this. I think in his sort of it's one of the mysteries of his providence that this enormously important message that he entrusted it to us, right? Frail human beings who all of us who live out our Christianity in fits and starts and seasons of commitment and difficulties, and, but we're the ones who he's charged to bring this news. You know, you could um, imagine, like it's, it's sort of imagine, possible to the imagination that God could have just equipped a platoon of angels to go spread the gospel to the whole planet, but he didn't do that. He chose us to be, as it says in 2 Corinthians, his ambassadors, representing him officially. And I think um, when we conceive of sort of this, uh, what we have to give, I think so often kind of in my flesh, I, I sometimes think about sharing the gospel like it's just this kind of awkward, socially awkward, um, burden, this kind of burdensome thing that I need to, I've got this duty to pass on. And that's, I think, kind of a trick of the enemy. The, the real case is um, getting to share the gospel, it's sort of like, I don't know if they still do this, but remember the publisher's clearinghouse checks where they just knock on your door and have a big check for $20,000? Right, it's just like, surprise! That's a closer analogy, I think, to what it is, the chance to get to share the gospel with someone. It's a gift, which they might not want. And the Christians don't have to be pushy, right? That if someone says, I don't want to hear about that, it's like, okay, I, I won't tell you that. You know? If you don't want the check, you, you're free to turn it down. Um, I don't want to think of it. The, um, I love the story in the book of Acts when Paul uh, is on the Areopagus, when he's kind of browsing, going through the marketplace in Athens, and then he discourses with the philosophers in Acts 17. And for like 18 months I prayed, Lord, where is the Areopagus today? Like where is the marketplace to like exchange these ideas and just have these spiritual conversations? And after the end of 18 months, I kind of felt the Holy Spirit at one time praying in the same prayer, kind of suggests in my mind, um, it's the marketplace. <laughs> And I was like, and it was, I should have realized that sooner, but when we have an exchange of money for goods, there's this like human encounter there. And not all marketplaces are equal for spiritual conversation. Like the Kroger checkout line, I think, is not a good place to share the gospel. Um, yeah, but when I go pick up takeout and I've got 10 minutes with this young guy who's just kind of sitting there at the counter bored and we're just kind of chit-chatting, you know, waiting for to pick up my food, that's kind of a moment to build a relationship and maybe over time, you know, I started praying like, Lord, please help steer the conversations in that like 10 minutes of chit chat. And a couple times the conversation sort of, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a priest, I go to this church and that's kind of always a useful on-ramp for talking about things. But, um, but you know, when things come up, well, what are you doing for Christmas? Well, why? You know, like these conversations, we don't have to deliver the whole payload on the first conversation, but that marketplace relationship um, it actually is a way that I think the Lord, one of those things that we can treat it just like an ordinary ho-hum life event, or through the lens of a missionary, think this is a chance to get to know a lost soul here in Lee County. Well, you don't know they're lost out of the gate, but they might be lost if you find out um, to share the good news with them. The, um, I also think that um, if you... Maybe you've tried on in the past this idea of kind of a missionary lens and you found it kind of stressful. I have. And it's like this sort of like heavy, like, oh, I've got to be on mission. 
I'm convinced. Now, this is here. What I want to say is just my idea. Test it for what it's worth. If it's not true, discard it. But I'm convinced that if if it's stressing us out, we're not thinking of it rightly. Um, that if it's stressing out, I think what we do sometimes is because the message is life and death, the gospel. We kind of take it on our shoulders, like this this person's salvation depends on me. Am I going to do it right? Am I going to you know? And that's the sort of wrong burden. It doesn't depend on you. You can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. Only Jesus can save people. And that's why it's not the great, you know, order. It's the great commission, right? We're doing it together under his own sort of senior action. He himself is longing for all those whom he's made, or which is all human beings, to come into the knowledge of him. He's with us. And um, so if we can see it rightly, and again, this is just my proposal, I, I think the, a sense of mission should actually bring with it a little bit of a sense of adventure or, or even sometimes fun, right? That it's like, oh, I'm not just going to the store. I'm meeting another human being that Jesus made and died to redeem, and maybe I'm the one who gets to tell them about it. Right? And maybe not. Maybe that person's already a Christian. You can just rejoice when you find out that they already love the Lord. Hey, brother Christian, nice to meet you. How fun to get to meet another Christian in town. Maybe you find out they're not, and you know who knows what the Lord could do. But I think there should be, in, in taking on this lens, some sense of, uh, of excitement, of adventure, of transforming kind of daily encounter with this purpose. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Amen.